Welcome to the Three Thirds Mike, One Third Scouts podcast. It is episode number 23, and I'm joined by my fellow podcasters, Mr. Ross Smith and Mr. Simon Mann. How are we both? Hello, I'm very good. How are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm searching. I've gone, I've gone all festive. I thought this year, I'm, this year I'm normally a bit bar humbug, but um, I'm trying to find an inflatable Santa for outside of the house. Oh, you're going, you're going all in. Going all in, yeah. So I, we've put some lights outside this year. So we, we didn't normally put we don't normally put lights outside, but we put some lights outside now. The kids are a little bit older, and I was like, the one of the houses has got an inflatable snowman across the road, and the, every year they put it up, the kids love it. Um, and when it's not there, it's normally deflated in the floor because the bushes are there. The kids don't get to see it when it's just lied flat on the floor. So I thought this year I'd seen one about just after Halloween. I was like, oh, we'll get one of these this year. We'll put we'll put one outside. Not that I really think we've got enough space outside, but we'll find somewhere to put it. And um, and then I've gone. I thought, right, we'll sort this out before we. Before we I go back to work on, on Wednesday. I thought we'll sort this out today. I can't find one for it. I can't find one anywhere. Not one that I'm willing to spend less than fifty pound for anyway. Oh, okay. I hope you find one. I, I look forward to the picture when it when it happens. Well, what what's the last... with, with these sort of things? Do you leave it on twenty four seven or how does it work? I, I, I think you just I think you just turn it off. I think we've only got two plug sockets, and then one of them's got one of them's got um. What, in the whole house? Yeah. I'll get that looked at. <laughs> yeah. That's... <laughs> but why am I like yourself? How do you tell I, I don't fancy trailing wires all the way from outside <laughs> into, different, into different rooms of the house. Just get, some, get a bit of masonry, bit of drill, start just drilling random holes into the wall to feed some, <laughs> uh, feed some lights outside. No, we've only got two plug, plug sockets in the hallway and one of them's now got lights in it, so I'm hoping it's not going to be... It's not like we're going to be... We went to a house on Bolton Road and it's like Blackpool Illuminations. People were getting out of the cars to walk around somebody's garden. It was, I mean, the house was amazing. It was brilliant. But I was like, I don't know if I could have random people stopping outside my house in the cars and walking around my garden with the kids. I'm like, it's not quite, it's not quite COVID safe, to be fair. Last year was the first year we put lights outside our house. We put, you know, them projectors. Oh, yeah, I quite, I quite like them. So we bought some of them, like projected it onto the, um, onto the house snowflakes. But the kids never saw it. Oh, yeah, because it's always oh, Where does Sammy got home and then turned him on? They're in the house. Yeah. So, we, like, Teddy's friends loved it. We got told <laughs> loads of times, oh, the, the other kids love our house. Oh, our kids don't know what's going on. <laughs> so, what's so, the plan this year? Are you, are you doubling down or? Well, I was thinking, I mean, I don't know why I'd never thought of it sooner, but someone mentioned today timer plugs exist, don't they? Of course. Oh, uh, yeah. Just set I mean, a timer plug, car. Who would have thought that 1990s invention would have come back yeah. to solve, solve, solve some problems well, this year? You still have I mean, house. I could update it a little by getting one of those smart plugs. Couldn't I? With a little remote? Well, if you, guess it, you can, if I connect it to my Google Home devices, oh, yeah. other devices are available, then I could... Just turn it on when you're around the corner. Yeah, exactly. So, that might be it. Well, now you've, you've obviously first time house for you, Simon, at Christmas. What are you going to do? Tree went up this weekend. Oh, uh, it's, it's in front of me as, as I speak to you guys. Yeah, full uh, in full glory. Who did the majority of the decorating? Oh, Blinda, Blinda exclusively. I um, at one point I tried to do the light, and she just um, just suggested that I stopped, and then she did it. <laughs> right, so there's a real is your, to it, isn't there? 
Well, is your tree up, Cheezer? Yeah, we put it up today. So I read... Okay, I'll ask you a question. Have you put your lights on? Have you wrapped them around the tree? Or have you put them on vertically up and down? Um, no, Ashley wraps them around the tree. Vertically up and down? No one does I, that. I was going to say, I, who does I, that? I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, if you go on the internet, the, the tip... The tips coming out for Christmas tree lighting in 2020 are apparently no, apparently professional Christmas tree decorators go up and down the tree. But surely that's with them trees that like they don't they've they've got so much decoration and like bunting on there that you can't see because if you just have a tree and put some lights on it, you can tell that they go up and down rather than round and round. Surely. Well, I don't. I'm just telling you what the professionals say. Well, I mean, I'll go. I'll go round. I mean, I don't I mean, strip the I don't strip the tree and start again. So I don't think I don't think I, I don't think I should like that. To be fair, well, just, I mean, I haven't put ours is probably going up this weekend. So, I mean, I don't know whether I, I'm torn between going with the tried and trusted round because I know exactly what I'm doing with that. It's a it's a method that I'm I'm used to. I've practiced for many years. Can do it <laughs> quite easily, or go for the vertical method. I don't. I'm unsure yet. I mean, it could absolutely change Christmases for your entire future, couldn't it? If it turns uh, out vertical is the best. According to the professionals, you get more coverage with less lights. Well, so our thing was actually we had the lights were too big. The lights, we, the lights we got just go on forever. So we didn't have to worry about um, efficiency with that. If anything, we were looking for <laughs> we can try and hide some lights around the back. <laughs> So it's the most inefficient Christmas uh, tree lighting. Uh, our lights could have been used through that tree in Trafalgar Square, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> so the tree we've got in the house is, is well lit. Surely do you, not have to, do you not have to put your uh, main light on then? You just turn the Christmas tree lights on and that's enough light for the whole that house. That is literally what I'm sat in at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> With the, with the lights on the tree and the telly, you know, oh, I'm fully illuminated in my living room. Oh, there you go. Surely you still have to do some sort of wrapping around the tree, even if you go vertically, surely. No, apparently not. Up, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. You there? Have you, are you on TikTok? I am, yeah. I've not looked at it for a while, but I feel like I'm going to be... I spe- this is where I'm going to spend the rest of my night unproductively that's, looking at how you, have, you have to absolutely get it right with the amount of spacing you're leaving at the start otherwise you're going to be left with nothing at the end you know, it's a really it's high risk isn't it yeah uh maybe that's why the professionals do it and not mere amateurs <laughs> yeah i don't know there you go anyway i can't wait to see how it plays out well, I mean, I've not decided whether I'm going to be brave enough to do it yet, but we'll see. Hey, have you got yourself? Have you got yourself an advent calendar? Oh well, this was a this was an issue. So I said to the kids today, uh, "Oh, what um, what? Who de- knows what date it is tomorrow?" So Teddy said it's going to be Tuesday, the 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 one Tuesday, the one. He didn't say first. He says once. Tuesday, the one of December, twenty twenty. I said, "Yeah." I said, "So what happens then? What happens in December, Luke?" And he said, "Christmas." And then I said, "What happens? What do we count now?" He said, "Well, we have their calendars." So I said, "Yeah." So we eat them tomorrow. So then Claire pipes up. Yeah. Uh, 
Luke, you've got one. Teddy, you've got one. Daddy's got a calendar, so you can all have chocolates. But Mummy, because I haven't bought a one, and I thought, uh, I'm not nipping to the shop now. You're just going to have to put up with some disappointment in the morning, to be honest. <laughs> well, surely when she was buying, I'm with I'm with you on this. I think when Claire was buying them, she should have bought for the fact she should have got herself one. Well, that's what I thought. That's assuming. If you're buying Advent cards, you're buying for the whole family, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So otherwise, it's chaos, isn't it? Otherwise, you could accidentally buy one for the kids as well. Yeah, and then my mum tends to buy one for the kids, so then you end up eating more chocolate than anything else in the morning. Chaos, so yeah. But, yeah, so I've got, I think I've got a Galaxy one, Galaxy chocolate one. What have you got? Well, uh, my mum, my mum, to be fair, always pushes the boat out, and I've not actually opened it yet, but I think she's got me a Thornton's one with my name on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that'll be a treat for me on Christmas Day. I'll be able to get into Simon. Well, you know, I got one year we went, we did properly go all that. Claire got me a beer advent calendar, which had bottles of beer in it, which was great if you got a beer that you like. But when you when it's pulling out a double chocolate dark stout, I'm never going to drink that. And I'll think with the bottles. There's three thirty mil ones. Pretty heavy, that isn't it? All oh, right. Yeah, it was heavy. Yeah. Uh, so she got me that, which was great. And I got her one year uh, a jewelry advent calendar. Wow, that must be pricey. Well, you would think, think wouldn't you? Done. But luckily, <laughs> this was cheap, crappy jewelry. <laughs> I think you've mentioned, mentioned it before. I remember that. I sure remember that advent calendar from a few years ago. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I was because I was looking, and I knew Claude got me the beer once. So I said, "Oh, I've got to get one." And I saw this jewelry one, and I, and I, I was looking through, and then I saw the price of it, and I thought, "You know what? It's going to seem a lot more expensive than it actually is." I think it was only that like twenty-five quid for twenty-five pieces of jewelry. So I'll let you work out how bad the jewelry was. But have, um, have any of the pieces sort of stayed, sort of stayed until now? Have they survived? Did they make Probably. it to the year? I mean, Claire wears very little jewellery, so I don't actually know what what it, what I, I can't remember what was in there to be honest. Maybe some earrings, some studs. I don't know. Nothing wildly exciting. But surely, if you've got twenty five bottles of beer and you try one of the beers, you try one of the beers and you really like it, you've never tried it before. Sure, that's a win for the whole advent calendar. Well, yeah, same way. If Claire gets a, my. A gold stud that she really likes. Win for the whole yeah. calendar, isn't it? That double chocolate stout that you've never tried, that you try and you go, actually, do you know what? <laughs> I really like this. Order me 24 of these for next, for next advent calendar. That double well, chocolate. Is the top of your fridge still covered in sort of artisan beers? Well, they were them. They were them from the <laughs> advent calendar. <laughs> yeah. I was last in your house. Yeah, I remember seeing. Yeah, so they were all them. But, um, no, I finally got rid of them because they're all years out of date. So now it's full of uh, Prosecco. Because whenever you have anything, anything happens, you always get bottles of Prosecco, don't you? Yeah, and it's when do you Because you feel like you need to drink them on special occasions, don't you? Well, I'm all Friday nights, as I did this Friday. <laughs> Smash through two bottles on my own. Quit <laughs> <laughs> like you can make room at the top of the fridge, don't you? For- well, exactly. I mean, Christmas is coming up. Bound to get some more, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> so 
It's only like what we do with the kids' toys. Throw some out ready for Christmas. Drink some of the booze ready for this year. Yeah, because I think after, um, after me and Blinder had our engagement party, we were left with 14 of them. We, took, and yeah, we, had, and then... we only had a small flat in London, so we had like Prosecco Corner. <laughs> <laughs> and whenever, whenever, do you, whenever do you say, let's, let's crack open the Prosecco just on a Tuesday night, you don't do it, do you? No. And surely when you open when you open the bottle, you've got to finish it anyway. You can't leave it in the fridge. That was one of the problems. So on Friday, because we we were Skyping my brother, so I said, Oh, let's I said put some put some out put some alcoholic in the fridge, then we'll have a drink while we're doing it. So we poured a glass each for me and Claire. And then I got through the rest of the bottle while Claire had just finished her one. And then she said so then she picked up the bottle and went to pour one and went, oh, it's empty. I, I fancied another one. So then it was, oh, you better open the second bottle then. And then obviously, I bought the second bottle's open. So I had to get my way through that. And then she says, by the end of the night, it took me about 45 minutes to get through a story about moving a cupboard for out of classroom <laughs> school. <laughs> and you must have been gassy after two bottles of Prosecco. Well, I, you'll have to ask Claire that question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what are we talking about, Cheese? Uh, as much as it pains me, um, we will um, talk about uh, Manchester United. This uh, who came back from two goals down this weekend at the Saints. Um, and we'll also talk about Manchester City, who got their um, season back on track as well with their what seems like their obligatory 5 0 win at home to Burnley now, which I think has happened for the last three seasons. Um, we'll cover off um, the rest of the uh, Premier League uh, stories as well. And then any other sporting stories that we've got. We've got the boxing that was on um, on uh, Saturday night. Uh, did either of you two watch the, see the end of the grand final? No. Uh, yes, I have seen the yeah. end. I mean, it was a tough watch for 18 minutes, but the end made up definitely made up for the rest of it. So. Extraordinary ending, yeah. Um, so yeah, so we might if we've got time, we will uh, touch on that. So we will um, we'll have a break and we'll come back um, and we'll talk about uh, Manchester United. Welcome back to the three thirds right one third Scouts podcast, and we will start um, with the weekend of Manchester United. Um, so I will I will leave it up to you two to describe um, what um, what happened in the game. Um, Ross, what went down? Well, I mean, I'll tell you what annoyed me to begin with. When I, when I was messaging about the game and then Simon said he went out for a walk at the, after the, for the first 25 minutes of it. No, no, I got for a walk an hour before kickoff, thinking I'll definitely be home in time. I thought, if I can't message you <laughs> and get a response from you, you can't message. So, basically, I, I watched the game um, Whilst cooking Sunday, a Sunday roast, so I was kind of in and out. But I, I, I missed. I know I saw more of it than I missed, and I probably only missed like the odd couple of minutes here and there. But I thought that uh, to begin with, United started off really, really well and created a few decent chances. Looked in control. Uh, Solskjaer went back to this diamond formation that in the middle that he'd use, tried to use with Pogba to get the best out of him. Uh, but there's no Pogba Van der Beek started. 
Uh, and I thought we were doing well, created a few where I thought, oh, maybe we, sh- we should have been a couple of scored a couple of goals. Then, um, as is always going to happen, and it always happens in every Premier League game, the opposition comes back in some shape or form and has a bit of possession, creates some of their own chances. And it just so happened that basically Southampton had two set pieces and scored two goals. And then I kind of think United grew into the game again. And by the end of it, I mean, although we were 2-0 down at half-time, I, was, I wasn't sat there. There's other games when, when United have been getting beaten, you're shouting at the TV going, what is going on? Like, this is crap. I can't believe what's going on. And you started, you, you, the, the, when you go on Twitter, you're looking at, you see all the out all the time. But I don't think that was the case. And then second half, made a couple of subs, brought Cavani on. Uh, and Dean Henderson came on. Not that I think that changed the shape of the game, <laughs> but um, no, it just, Cavani just—he looked like the old wily, intelligent centre forward that we were hoping that we'd all signed, and uh, had an absolute brilliant game. Turned it around, and then once we got the first goal, uh, I messaged you two saying we're going to win this now, and then lo and behold, we got two more goals. We ended up winning three-two, and a. To be honest, even though we conceded the two and it three two sounds like a close game, if you would have said it would have been four one to United, you wouldn't have said that was a bad result. You wouldn't have said that was that was two out of the question. The only thing that really annoyed me, did anyone watch match of the day two? Nah. So I watched it thinking, oh, uh, I'll see what I tend to like watching it when United have won see they people say nice things about United. Genius and Shearer, they said Southampton dominated the first half. I thought, I don't know what game you were watching, but not the same one I was. But no, it's, it's very impressive. I thought, we, I thought we looked very, very good. Well, at the start of the second half, we missed a couple of chances. And I was watching them, you know, we can't afford to miss chances. We need to get two goals just to get back into this. I mean, in the end, I mean, we probably could have scored four or five quite easily, couldn't we? Yeah, oh, yeah, quite, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I wasn't... I know we're 2-0 down. I was never thinking... And Keane said it half-time, there's goals in this game. And it, it was just... You, uh, you had that feeling that United get one, they're going to get another another couple out of it. And either get the draw or get the win. I was, I was never... I was never resigned to a defeat at any point during the second half. I was... I was very optimistic throughout, which doesn't always happen when you're watching United these days. And it came off the back of a, a really good play... In, uh, performance midweek, didn't it, against that, that Turkish team. God knows how we lost to them the first time around. But yeah, they are <laughs> they are poor, yeah. Now, I, I mean, the, the key for me, the, uh, Donny van der Beek has been, I mean, he's got, he got, he got started midweek, was unbelievable. I think the biggest difference for me with van der Beek and any of our other midfielders is just the the quickness of his passing, everything's one, two touches. He's like, like any good midfielder, uh, seems to know where his pass is going to go before he's, before the ball's come to him. He's always got his head looking round, knew where to pass it, knew where to keep it. Uh, his passes always seem to break the lines of the, their midfield as well. So he's, he always seems to find Fernandes in a pocket rather than playing it sideways around the midfield to then get into midfield. So it, everything was quickened up and allowed, allowed us to actually attack from a better base. So I think Van der Beek's been, well, I mean, he's the best sign of the summer, isn't he, Cheezer? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Thiago's out for about another few months, isn't he? Uh, I don't know. I, don't, I know he might not play again this year, I don't think. 
That's what that's what the the word is coming out. So they're not there's no they're, they're not going to risk him. That looks like he's the leg injury that he sustained was worse than what they first said. So no break. I think it's I think it's just he's still embarrassed about that no look pass to Henderson that was offside. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure he is. Yeah, he must need a month <laughs> off to go and uh, collect his FIFA Player of the Year award. Well, mm, not this year because he's hardly played. Yeah, no, I thought I just thought United United were very I I mean we we are massively inconsistent, aren't we? We go from massive highs to massive lows, but I mean I tell you the other thing, Alex Tellers looks good. Yeah, I've been really impressed by him actually. I think he's been a real a real positive in the last few weeks now he's started playing. And um I think just as an attacking threat, I think he looks really impressive. He he looks like he's got a bit of composure about him as well, doesn't he? Like he's he's not overawed by anything. I think he's been a real positive I mean, for United. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things for me, the difference between him and Luke Shaw, because I was never I, I was never anti-Luke Shaw. I was never saying we need to get Luke Shaw out of the team and quickly get um, another left-back in. But Tellers gets in and around um, the box and he's always looking to cross it in. He just wants to get it out of his feet and whip it in, doesn't it? Which I think that's one area that our full-backs do struggle with. And it's that you look at Liverpool, Alexander-Arnold and Robertson, can't wait to get a ball in the box, can they? Yeah. Whereas we've Wambasaka would rather not nine times out of ten. Luke Shaw, not always. So it's hard to tell is actually just getting it out and whipping a decent ball in. Makes a nice change, to be honest. Yeah, massively. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was really positive result for United. And then just let down by uh, this Cavani sort of racist post that he did. Uh, was it after the match? And then you know he's taken it down, and I think he's apologised. Um, well, he, so he put so someone had, I think someone else, someone had put on Instagram a picture of him, tagged it in, and said, "Oh, like some of that well played Cabana." And then he's put it on his Instagram stories, and then put thanks, and then used some a racist term, which I think is the same term that Suarez used when there was the big hullabaloo around him. Um, I, I, I mean, I think slightly different context in terms of the way it was used, but um, I don't know. I, I mean, Cavani. I don't know what more. I don't know. It's, it's cultures, isn't it? I'm not. I'm not trying to defend something, some a racist post, but I don't know if he's if he has put it, and then as soon as he found out about it, he's done everything he can to try and make things better. It's not like he's denied what's happened. Do you know what I mean? No. Yeah, I think it's just going to be one of them where. You know, he's, he's done a racist thing. He's probably not a racist person. He's apologised and just accept the punishment. And, you know, not try and, you know, almost sort of not try and make any excuses for it. Just kind of accept your punishment and move on. Will be hopefully, is what I hope will, will be United's approach to it. I think I think he's he says that it's a term of endearment, isn't he, in South America? Which yeah. that doesn't make it that doesn't make it correct, but. I don't know. I, I I don't know. I just obviously different cultures around the world have <laughs> different levels of tolerance and acceptance of race, and don't we? And obviously, some countries are more racist than others, and some things are more accepted. That's okay. That's allowed, isn't it? So if you look, I don't know. I don't know. It's he shouldn't have done it, but I don't know if he did it. I don't think he's done it intentionally to upset people. I think it is genuine accident. And if he does get punished for it, fine, fair enough. But 
like I say, I, I don't think he's a racist person because I think he, I think from all the, the it happened, I didn't even know it happened until the morning and then everything seemed to be sorted and quick apologies were out and he's tried to rectify it straight away, hasn't he? On the, um, tell you something about Cavani I've noticed, that, that goal celebration he has with the sort of uh, shot, like um, crossbow, I'm not sure, I'm not big on that as a celebration. I no. thought right he scored once, but I think when he scored his second, seeing it twice in one day was too much for me. I so, maybe just it was the first goal that day that you scored. Okay, then, right. Let's, so, let's, so Alan Shearer then, obviously a classic one arm up in the air. Is that an acceptable multi-use celebration? Well, I don't. I mean, I've never really carried that as a celebration. I'm not on board with that at all. I like a sharpie shuffle. Um, oh right, okay. So okay, so then uh, Robbie Keane, then for instance, yeah, more the merrier. I think it was a knowing nod to the fact it wasn't actually very good. I thought it was done, always done kind of ironically. I like the Robbie Keane. Well, what about then uh, a nanny, for instance, with a backflip? I loved it. I, hey, I'm not here to say anything bad about Sir Alex Ferguson. I I was glad that nanny persevered with that when Ferguson was trying to get him to stop. I really like that. My ultimate for me is Loman Lualuar. I like a lot of <laughs> like overheads. <laughs> I'm just trying to work out. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to ascertain where from what level of boring to interesting you strike the that's not allowed twice line. Well, I think that if it was it was just the second time I was a bit like, I've, I've seen that today already. And so it wasn't good because <laughs> I think it's, it takes a bit of time to set up because the Robbie Keane one he does that's always just part of him running away so it almost it, it wasn't but he was like I'm to, Cavani has to stop to get down on one knee to do the whole bow and arrow thing if you're going to go through that much of a path for it then it needs so, to be better so it's just okay so we're saying celebrations that involve stopping they have to be quite fun to be done more than twice. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at with them, yeah. Oh, right. So, uh, Sharpie Shuffle, then, obviously, that he stops doing that, doesn't he? So, the Sharpie Shuffle. Well, he does. He sort of stops at the end of his run, really, doesn't he? <laughs> like Crouchy's <laughs> Robot. Like, oh, I loved Crouchy's Robot. I th- again, I thought it was a shame he stopped that. I really enjoyed <laughs> the Robot. It's not really many of them around anymore, though, is there? I mean, I'm trying to, I'm sorry, no. trying to rack my brain, and it was very much an early 2000s, well, late 90s, early 2000s thing. The robot? No, just, just a, a, a trademark goal celebration. You had, the, you had the Dwight Yorker just run off and jump in the air and put, pump one fist. You had the Shearer, Klinsman dive, obviously kicked it all off. Crouchy's robot. I mean, you don't, I mean, is, it, is, is, there, is there any striker at the minute in the Premier League that's got, a trademark goal celebration, well, obviously with the exception of Tavani's. Tim, and... Tim Cale used to do that thing where he'd like shadow box with the uh, corner yeah. flag, wouldn't he? See, I think <clears throat> they all try to do a new celebration each week, don't they? <coughs> what does Salah do? Or, or it used to be a feature um, back in the day. It depends. Depend. They don't. The only. The only thing that they they do is they kind of do. They they pray and kiss the turf, don't they? It's not really a celebration. I think it's more of a thankful thing than anything else. But Salah's done loads of different things. He did the pose. He did the, like the prayer posing on one leg against Chelsea. Ripped his shirt off before. 
Mane's done a couple of things. It's normally Firmino's the Liverpool one. He'll Firmino will do some kicks or some sort of celebration. Now you, I'd never actually thought of this, but now you mentioned it, I quite miss a trademark celebration. Well, about I, 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 I think there should be a rule that if you're a striker, you have to have a celebration that you stick to. Can't be, can't be changing your mind. That's what you go with. Like darts players and the entrance, the walking music. Yeah. Once you've got it, it's associated with you. That's it for life. You have to, you have to stick with it. I think that should be a rule. I'm all for That's it. What... Yeah, yeah. You've got me on board. I'd, I'd, I'd have you head of FIFA straight away. <laughs> less, I mean, less of this talk about concussion. Um... <laughs> TV scheduling and all that. Let's get let's get to the real. We'll do that tomorrow. Stuff. We'll do that tomorrow. We need to start this goal celebration thing. Yeah. Is that just because there's not many centre forwards I... anymore? Possibly, but there's lots of people. Who... Oh well, I suppose Ronaldo's got his thing, hasn't he? Yeah. His yeah. jumpy twist his thing. Arms fall. Oh, Mbappe's got the whole cross arm thing. He crosses his arms only onto his shoulders. Under his armpits, but oh, maybe maybe there's a few more. Oh, but that, obviously, they're not in the Premier League, are they? So we don't. It's not as often we get to see them. So what was I going to say? Oh, I'd say just on United, the Manchester derby's coming up in two weeks' time, isn't it? Which would be very mm. interesting. Going to be tasty, especially now Manchester City are back in form. Although, well. wishing they could play Burnley every week, aren't they? I mean, this is, this is the weird thing about United. Everyone's talking about how terrible they've been and this and that. And I've, I don't think they've exactly been great. But then we're ahead of City. And then if we win our game in hand, we're two points off the top. I well, don't know. The table is starting to look a bit more normal, isn't it? I sort of feel like you know, Villa, Southampton, Everton starting to drop off a bit. It's all... It's it just... Yeah. I, d- I just don't know what to make. Are United terrible or are we actually about where we're supposed to be? Because let's... I'm just looking at it. If we win our game in hand, that takes us to 19 points. That's level on points with Chelsea. Is that not about where we should be? Well, it's yeah. Neat. It's just the inconsistencies, isn't it? I mean, you're just always looking to push on and be better. And the trouble is, it doesn't feel like we're that much better than we have been at any point under Oli. I think Chelsea would. I think Chelsea could argue that they are better now than they were under Lampard last season. They are moving forward, whereas United feel like they're in the same position now under Oli that they were a year ago. Yeah, but then do you blame Oli for that, or do you blame the lack of transfers for that? Well, in part, I think probably a mixture of the two, isn't it? I think, you know, we, we have been a few times, Ollie's been tactically caught out, I think. And, and you, know, you know, have we ever really moved on from, we're quite good against big teams where we can sit back, we're not as great. Obviously, you know, we've got three goals in that second half against Southampton, but we, we sort of need more of that, don't we? Yeah, but then I think, I think he's, uh, I think he's slow. I, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. No, I agree. But I think we're slowly getting there. I think I think Van der Beek's a step in the right direction for that in terms of midfield that can break out from the actual midfield and get ahead of the ball. 
and be an actual threat in the attacking third as opposed to Fred and McTominay. Who I'm, I'm up, I, I don't mind them. They're, they're decent enough players. And I'm, not, I'm not looking when they start the game going, ooh, them two. But they're not, they're not exciting, are they? It's like you said when Fred went, when there was a chance for Fred and you said the last person you want there is Fred. Go back to the 90s when it was Keane and Scholes in that midfield. Keane would have probably scored it and Scholes definitely would. It's just, I just think, I just think we are where we are. And there's areas of improvement. And the thing is, you, you, need, to, you need to take, you need to take advantage of you while you've got a fully fit squad and you're on, and you're on form. That's the thing. If you play well and don't win, so if you, if like, if you said to me that, oh, United played really well on um, on Sunday and could have won and could have won four one, but ultimately they ended up drawing two all. Then neither you can run them, is it? That's the bit of luck that you need. You don't play particularly well, but you get results. But then if you play well and still get a beat, or you still drop points, and that's even worse. So the fact. Yeah, but I would say I would say that the only thing from this weekend is I would say that if you end up saying you could win four-one, but you draw two all, and the two goals come from open play, then yeah, I would be disappointed. But coming from two set pieces, I feel like that's especially with having. James Ward-Prowse in the team, who's is probably the best set piece taker in the whole of the country. I, I, I yeah, I'm not going away for that. That's what I'm saying. I'm not going away two 0 down. I'm not thinking of disappointing in the way United played. I think they've just come up against two very, very good set pieces, which can happen. Yeah, but whereas yeah, but what get... I'm saying to you is, if, it's like it's, it's a, if you were playing, if you if you'd played really well this weekend, what I'm saying to you is. There's times where you're not going to play well, you're not going to pick up points. But if you play, if this is one of the games where you were you were on top, and like you said that you thought Shearer and Genius had got it wrong, and United were on top, but you end up only drawing two all. Well, isn't that that's that's definite drop points? Where if you'd have been absolutely shite, and then still and and still drew two all, that's not as bad. Or you win three two, they're not they're not the bad games. If you'd played really well and been on top, especially for what you two are saying about inconsistencies, you need to pick up as many points as possible when you when you can. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, that's the conundrum that is United. You can't really work them out at the minute, can you? I mean, when Hassan Hassan Hurtle saying that you you don't know what you're going to get from United, the fans aren't supposed to know, are they? I think that's just the conundrum of the league. I mean, if you think about. When was the last time that the top four dropped points in the same weekend? I don't know two of them played one another, but it's Liverpool dropped points this weekend. Spurs and Chelsea drew. Obviously, you'd beat Southampton. Um, Leicester have dropped points. I mean, Leicester got beat by Fulham of all of all teams um, today. Um, Arsenal got beat again. So a lot of the, I mean, obviously Wolves picked up points. I'm not. The Villa game was one all I think before, but like I said, from from where weekends are. No, West, the West Ham are winning. No, West Ham are winning. So, so it looks like potentially Villa are going to drop more points as well. Everton drop points. So you think about that, with the exception of City, I think the only side of the top ten, the only two sides that won in the top ten, were Wolves United this weekend. So it's not, it's not that it happens very often, but they're the, they're the weekends you need to take advantage of. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have, haven't we? So. Did either of you two watch the game on Sunday, the Tottenham Chelsea game? Yeah, it's a bit no. underwhelming as a game. I felt it, it reminded me a lot of Chelsea United. It was sort of two sides that didn't really want to commit anything, and you know, were sort of happy to to play out for a draw 
wait to see if anybody wait to see if the other manager rolls the dice and maybe an opportunity comes that way. Was that, that United Chelsea game finished nil nil as well? Was that, that yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. that yeah. Very boring game. But um yeah, so I thought it was quite a dull game. And, and you know, it, it was two sides. I didn't look at either side and think they're gonna go on to win the league, you know. If they do win, if either of them do win the league, I think it'll be all down to the fact that Liverpool and City have come back to the pack a little bit. And I didn't think they were really pushing on. Good chance for Giroud at the end. You think maybe missed opportunity for uh, for Chelsea there, but I, I just think it's all going to go wrong for Spurs and Mourinho. I think they they're getting a little bit ahead of themselves with their, any talk of the title. I think it's very fragile, and I think once teams yeah, but start they're, they're not they're not the ones talking about the title, are they? Well, I think people are talking about Spurs as, as maybe I'm no, I, yeah, no, I'm saying people are, but I'm saying you listen to Mourinho, he, he's downplaying, yeah, but he's not going to come out and put pressure on that side to win to win the league. He knows probably more than most. I mean, you look at that, you look at the defensive side against Chelsea, he had to start, uh, was it Joe Roden who had only played 15 minutes of, of Premier League football in and, and was playing for Swansea six months ago. Because Alderweireld's out for for a while, so I think he's and he's not daft, but also as well that they've not got the best out of Bale yet, and that may happen, that may not happen. Um, even if he comes on and scores, I don't know, eight, five to ten goals, and they all ended up being winners. I mean, I don't think he brought Bale off the bench. I don't think at any at any point in the game. So I don't know. Spurs are a bit of a, an anomaly, but they're the, again. I think they got beat by Everton on the opening weekend, and then they've managed to navigate them the way through some of the bigger games. Obviously, they've got a huge amount of luck in the United game. We've United been down to 10 men so early. Um, they've got the... they Obviously, they played really... They uh, Mourinho parked the bus against Manchester City last week that worked and they picked points up against them. Um, and then they've got the North London derby this weekend. Um, and then they play... I think they play Liverpool, um, I think, in January. I think it is so... Um, of the rest of the top six and stuff like that, I don't think I don't. They might not have even played last year either. So they've they've taken advantage against the sides of the at the um, at the bottom at the, in the kind of middle of the table. And then when they when they've had the big games, they've they've not lost. So that's part of the reason why they kind of are where that's the kind of are where they are really. They've they've not. Yeah, been, well, Manchester City's um, fixtures are quite easy, I think. And they've got a, a bunch of easy fixtures until then. You play someone maybe New Year's Day or in that round of fixtures. But until then, they've got very winnable fixtures. Yeah, they play Fulham this weekend, don't they? So, I mean, Fulham have had one of their wet, one of their very rare Premier League wins. So it's very unlikely they'll get two on the bounce. <laughs> but I think. Thank you. I think City could be the team to watch over the next. Well, week. I mean, you say. They've got Fulham, then they've got United. Yeah, they've still got. So they've played. Oh yeah, City got, have yeah. played. They've played all. Then they got. Then then after United, they got West Brom, and then Southampton, who seem to be like you say they seem to be stalling now, and then they've got Newcastle, and then Everton. So yeah, they've. I mean, teams that you would expect City, who in good form to be. There's no there's no top of the table clashes. There's no Liverpool. There's no Tottenham. There's they've no... already played. They've already played those games. They've, City have already played against Chelsea, haven't they? They've already played. They've already played Spurs. No. They've already played us. And they get beat by Chelsea. Possibly. I can't remember now. 
Anyway, can we get on to um, Jurgen Klopp? Uh, yeah. Come on, Cheesy. Are, are you okay for us to be recording the podcast so soon after the weekend's game? You're not too tired. <laughs> I um. I mean, this is contractual. I mean, this is what we said on the Twitter page. That the, I was, I was so, I was exceptionally sad after watching that game on on Saturday. Um, so yeah, let's let's just let's just put it out. So you're going to defend Klopp's comments, aren't you? Well, uh, let's let's talk through what Klopp's Klopp's position is. So Liverpool, what are you played Tuesday or Wednesday? We played Wednesday. So we played played Wednesday, well, Wednesday and, and then, then the, Saturday. Twelve thirty away at Brighton, and that's and that's the second, <laughs> that the second or third time it's happened this season. Uh, no, that's the third time it's happened. I think he said since the beginning of the year, uh, which is obviously obviously there's not been that many games compared to COVID, and and some and I'd read somewhere this morning it's the sixth time since last season that we've been the early kickoff at twelve thirty on. Um. Twelve thirty on the on the, on the Saturday, which is, I think is the joint second most. So, it's, not, it's not. It's not. It's not the most. So yeah. So he made out that he his team, well Liverpool have, have been the Wednesday twelve thirty. I, I, I think they're going to be three times before the I end think, of the year, and if that that was some kind of exception to Liverpool, whereas it's not because United have the same conundrum three times in the year. Not well, not necessarily. It depends. It depends, it depends whether no. no no, 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 that's that's a definite. Between now and the end of the year, United will have it three times. What you play on a Wednesday night and then play the twelve thirty, twelve thirty on Saturday. Saturday. Well, that, how's that? How's that possible when there's no how many more games is there? Look, I read a BBC article. That's what it said. <laughs> oh, presumably we have already done it a few times. Well, I, I, yeah. I think Liverpool is the most from last season. He said he said it's the third most. It's only going to be the top seven, isn't it? I mean, with the exception of. The teams on a Thursday night would then be the team that played the early game oh, on, yeah. on the Sunday, rather than obviously, they're obviously not going to play on the Saturday. I think what he, the point that he's making is, and this was the point that Solskjaer made a few weeks ago, and I think Solskjaer was the first person to make the point, but more than anything else, I think it was the game against Everton, that um, playing Wednesday night, Saturday morning is, is, not, is not great. And I get the fact that um, Liverpool are a victim of their own success, and that's the reason why they're being picked. Um, it's prime time viewing in um, in Asia. I think it, I think it's a Saturday night game in Asia when it goes out at twelve thirty. Um, and I understand completely that, that BT have paid all this money and they, they get to pick who they want. But this season obviously is a lot different than the rest. So there's no second, there's no semi final of the League Cup. So the League Cup changed this year. Um, the there's no re, there's no FA Cup replay. So so the FA Cups changed this year. Things have changed this year, but yet. So, some things haven't, so we don't have five subs. So the the majority, most, so Scotland have five subs, and if most of most of Europe have five subs, but we decided as a league that we were were against it, or some some teams at the beginning of the season decided against it, and then five of those managers have now changed their mind and decided that they actually do want five subs. Which go on, cheesy name. name you know you want to say Chris Wilder. I don't. I don't. I don't know the five. I, look, obviously, Klopp's, Wilder's come out and said that Klopp's talking rubbish and he, all he do is thinking about himself, um, which is fine to a degree. But I think if you listen back to any of the comments, with the exception of Klopp mentioning that Liverpool have played three times, like Wednesday night, Saturday, Klopp's never once said 
my players, these he's, he's mentioned players in general. He's never once come out and said, "Oh, this player, that player, what, whatever player." He's never he's never mentioned Liverpool players. He just talked about players in general. He has got he has. No, I thought I thought on Saturday, on Saturday he was blaming BT and Des Kelly for Liverpool's poor form. Wasn't he? Mm, no, I don't think. He can he can he congratulated Des Kelly on Milner's injury. Yeah, I think I think. Oh yeah, that's what he did. Yeah, he did. yeah. Oh. And then he's and then he also mentioned that he would have took Rob uh, Robertson off if he would have had five subs. Which, he, which he, well, well, I, I don't know what subs he would have made, but obviously if he'd have had five subs, he could have made he could have he could have made more changes. Robertson did play on Wednesday night, I think. Um, so he he made more changes. And what I, all I'm saying is, it's this season. Look, I get that. And Mourinho said this before. Teams have played Saturday morning. Um, Saturday morning. Um, Wednesday night for years and years and years and years and that's fine and I have no real issues with that but the the, the issue um, that we were talking about before is about well actually this season's, this season's a little bit different and BT have paid all this money and that's fine but BT have paid all this money for one slot the 12.30 slot but yet straight after the Liverpool game was um, BT got the game uh, got the Manchester City game at quarter to three which from what I account, BT have not paid any extra money for, and the same with Sky. Sky don't pay any extra money for those. The Premier League have made sure that they're on, they're on the telly. Three week, two weeks ago, BT got three games in the weekend, which obviously they, well, they paid for the 12.30 spot, but they've not paid for the other bit. So what I'm saying about the concession bit is actually BT of this season have got more games to show, have got more advertisement, more people watching the telly, but actually all top... Yeah, but they're about viewing figures, aren't they? So if they know that the twelve thirty on a Saturday twelve thirty, that's that's the first game. If that first game is the one that's going to bring in the most audience, you're more likely then to stay with the channel and watch the next game, aren't you? You're more likely to go. Well, I'm I'm, I'm watching football now. I'll stay watching football, and that'll be. Yeah, it I'm not bothered about that. But I get this whole well, BT have paid all this money; they can pick what they want. That's absolutely fine, and I don't really care about that in any, in any other season. But a season that is so. Truncated with this, with, with the season that we've got, to, everybody's yep. got to play midweek, Saturday, midweek, midweek, Sunday, whatever it is that they've got to play. To not play that twelve thirty game, then for me, doesn't why didn't why don't they give I don't know why didn't they give BT then the, the night game or whatever? So I get, I, yeah, but then but then the flip side to that is you get put on a Sunday. I, no, I didn't say I didn't say the Sunday, did I? I said. I, no, 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 no. I know, but I, I know you didn't. I'm just saying, if you say, "Oh, I, don't, I want," you need the bigger break from Wednesday, then you play Tuesday. Like that's still, it's the same. The the time scale, well, not really, not really. If you can... what? It also, ultimately, ultimately, though, you're going from a twelve thirty kickoff to a three o'clock kickoff. That's two and a half hours. Is that going to make a massive difference? Potentially, I don't, I don't know. That's what clock's saying. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, I don't know. No, I mean, I mean, you no, but no, but logically, I think like just from a well, using get, common sense, is two and a half hours recovery going well, to make that If I had to get up for, if I had to get up for work at eight o'clock, I had to get up to work at half five. Then I'd have, a, I'd have, I'd sure be able to get much more rest getting up for work at eight o'clock than I would do again up at half five. So it's, it's all swings around about since Liverpool went at home, they were away to Brighton, so if they were away to Brighton. Yeah, but then you don't have the. Yeah, but then you don't have the best sports scientists no, in the world aging your recovery. If if they said to you, oh, well, instead of working at three o'clock on Saturday, you have to work at half twelve, you wouldn't turn to your boss and go, "All right, but I can't do that Wednesday shift. You have to put me on to Tuesday, or or whatever it is." You know, it's an extra. He's sort of complaining he needs an extra day 
if he's going to do twelve thirty on a Saturday. He's not, he didn't say he's not said he's going to want an extra day because then that puts problems on. He just said it's just the game, that game. So football kicks off at three o'clock on a Saturday. It's kicked off at three o'clock on Saturday for millions and millions of years. However long we've been playing football for, then he's not saying he wants the night game. Is yeah. So what, I mean, yeah, no, no. What he should say is, I want less wages and I want a smaller transfer pot. We'll give BT the money back and we'll have more say but, over. But that, but we'll put more conditions on. On what the uh, what the TV rights are, but that but then hasn't hasn't the world of football changed this year? So I'm not saying that could that could have been, well, yeah, could have been last he, year or the year after or whatever it is. But when Klopp should say Klopp should say the owners of Liverpool have let us down by selling out for the highest possible price. What they should do is, you know, take less money but have some control over when we don't have to play too often. I have no sympathy with football teams playing a lot of football. I, I, my, my thing with it is, I kind of similar to yours. Like <clears throat> BT, are just doing what they have every right to do. They are picking the game that they think is going to bring the biggest ratings in, and to me, that's absolutely fine from BT. The issue that Klopp's got, and I'm not. Uh, yes, it's legitimate that, and what everything that you say, Cheesy, about this season being completely different, and there's been no, there's been no season before where teams are playing. The Champions League's been every week, is it? It's normally every two weeks. There's isn't not, it? There's, um, the no, it's, there's three weeks and then it's a break, the, isn't there? But then. Yeah, there's, there's always some kind of break between that when you get to get some games in where it's absolutely fine. But my, my like, <clears throat> kind of like what Simon says, Klopp's argument, although it's correct in terms of looking after his player welfare, I have nothing wrong with that. And I think that's absolutely fine. That we, As a manager, he should be looking after his player's welfare and wanting that. But his issue can't be with the broadcasters. It's got to be with his CEOs that have said that. Have I, I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. It's got I to didn't. be with the other league. But it's got to be with the other league managers. And I think picking out Chris Wilder is just. He didn't. Unfair. It wasn't. I, and if if the, if the managers if the managers have voted, they've had a, they've had a meeting and said that they, they've, it's gone to fit instead of ten and ten, it's now fifteen five in favour of five subs. Why are they not pushing that? Pushing that? Pushing I'm, that with the Premier League? I'm and getting pretty sure that they out? are. But I mean, what they're not going to come out. And, the Liverpool board aren't going to come out and say every day what what the update is on on what the system should be. Surely, if there's a vote, if there's a vote fifteen to five, surely that's a surely that's, that's the majority vote, and then that should be implemented. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that. But what I'm saying, my my point is that Klopp Klopp's rant. He he was very. He was very much having a go at the broadcasters. Yeah, but and it's not, and it's not just BT. He also mentioned it on Sky. That the, the, he had a, he had a yeah, no, I don't disagree. But what I'm saying is the broadcast, they pay billions that are, for, like Sam and says, they're funded absolutely. and give, give Liverpool transfer budgets, give them wage budgets that then can afford to go out and get the players they've got to get the success they've got. And they're just doing what they're right to do. If it's about player welfare, it's about player welfare's interest in everyone's club. The, the whole club should be doing something and they should be fighting back against that. So, yeah, we won't take as much money or they say, yeah, we need five subs for that. That's my point. My point is that Klopp can't be having a go at the broadcasters for doing exactly what they paid the clubs to do. But I don't... I don't yeah, but I don't... I don't I, I'm not disagreeing with any of Klopp's arguments. I just think he's he's fighting the battle with like Des Kelly said, he's fighting but the he's battle talking, but he's talking with the wrong people. The battle's but, not. But with he the said that the broadcasters need to get together and talk about it with the Premier League, which is fine. So he's so a Klopp isn't gonna go But it's not in the, it's not in the broadcasters' interest. The Premier League needs to do it. If they're that, looking after that, why why do the broadcasters that, need to do it? They've got no interest in the player welfare. They've just got interest in getting as, so, as many so, people so, to watch so, that football so, match. So we as get possible. to Christmas and 
that, I don't know, you'd say you wipe out the entire England team because they're all injured or a lot of the top players are injured. Um, we got a, a lot of the English teams go out of Europe early. There's, um, so basically what we're saying is that we that we'll want to level the playing field by saying we'll injure a lot of the top clubs who've got to play all the time, but we'll just uh, the, the rest of the clubs that play once a week. Well, there's a good chance they might win the league this year. Is that is that what is that, what, is, yeah. that what, is that what we're saying? I know I would. Okay, uh, well, no, but yoga. All right, I ask you this question. You you hear you find out that Salah, Firmino, and Mane are all injured. Yeah, for the season. Are you telling me you're not going to watch them for the rest of the season? No, but I'd be upset that they were. I'd be upset that they were injured. If they were injured from muscle injury. So there you go. So BT, BT don't care because they know you're still going to watch. Because the, the loyalty of football fans to watching a football match isn't about the players that are playing. It's, it's to the club, isn't it? The clubs have the responsibility to the players, not the broadcasters. Yeah, but then that's BT's fault, which is what Klopp's talking. Klopp's, Klopp's saying, and he's not. And he's not he's, 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 no, but it's not. It's not BT's fault, though, is it? You can't allow BT to buy this and then be angry at them because they've used it. You know, if you're, going to, if you're going to sell them the opportunity to pick whatever teams they want to play on a Saturday morning, you can't then be annoyed that they're going to pick whatever teams they want to play on a Saturday morning. It's like me, it's like me walking to CK Max, buying some aftershave and then using it, and then you getting annoyed because some of the bottles gone. I don't. I own. I own the rights of that, don't I? I. I, I own the use of it. That's all BT. The BT are buying the use of that twelve thirty slot, and they've chose what product they want to use at that time. And, and I, it I don't to be Liverpool. Like it, so I, any other season, I don't have a problem with it. I, gen, I don't have a. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. This season is the, is the team where that none none of those teams should be playing at, at twelve thirty. And I know that's and I know that's what I, what BT, what that's the slot that BT have picked. But that's what. I, and in that in that the Premier League don't want to change it, then Liverpool just have to suck it up and deal with it. But ultimately, Klopp's not happy with it. He's not happy with it. And he was talking to the person that almost represents BT because he's the one that's talking to BT. So what, what else, if, he's got a, if he's got a problem with it, then he'll just say he's got a problem with it. He, but, yeah, but, it, it's that, but he didn't just say he's got a problem with it. He blamed the broadcasters. That's the problem. It, it, I, I, like I say, I have no issue with anything he's saying. I agree with everything. And I agree with wanting to keep your players as fit as possible. And I agree that... The fans want to see the best players playing. I, I, I'm not disagreeing with any of that, but it's not BT's fault for picking them. It's the Premier League's fault for allowing but them he, to but, be picked. It's what? your CEO's fault for signing up to the contract. It's the other manager's fault for not. So, 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 I, so, the five so, Liverpool, so Liverpool CEO, Liverpool have decided that they don't want to play in the Premier League. What, what are Liverpool supposed to do? No, it's not about not playing in the Premier League. They should, they should be pushing the Premier League, Premier League, to say, look. Look this cat this this for the Premier League's brand for the Premier League's selling power around the world. If you end up with all these players injured due to the schedule you're putting us under, you you're not gonna you're not gonna be taking as much money. You need to do something about player safety and player. So, then, what, um, so, so Liverpool so to... Liverpool uh, this is the message that Liverpool's putting out. This is the message that Klopp's saying and nothing's happening. So what so what is he supposed to do? Just... No, but is it? I, 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 I Liverpool push I, I don't, I don't, against the Premier League saying, saying, we don't want you to sell that so, 1230 TV. We don't want there to be a 1230 TV game. If, instead, just have the normal five o'clock, two games on a Sunday, Monday night football. We'll have one less TV game every week. Is that what Liverpool I, have been doing? I don't think, I, I don't I don't think Liverpool have, I don't think Liverpool have been saying that. And I don't know because it's not been reported. And Liverpool's CEO doesn't write on Twitter or 
on Facebook or whatever it is, what, what they're doing every day. So whatever they do in private is whatever they do in private. I would imagine they'll lobby in the Premier League because ultimately they would be telling Klopp to either shut up and just get on with it or they, they would be they would be backing the manager. But they're not going to come out and say, well, this, this, person, this club said this, this club said that. You can tell that they're unhappy with it and it won't just be Klopp that the, 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 the club will be unhappy with it as well. But you, when do you ever hear what the hell's going on at Premier League? You don't even hear most of the time what happens at Premier League meetings when the Premier League meetings have been have, have finished. So I'm not. But you, no, I agree. I agree. Little, but but, but Klopp, Klopp probably knows, doesn't he? Klopp, but, well, Klopp probably knows Klopp what's going talk on. About anything to do with it other than the team he puts on the pitch. Just, just no, but so, is what not is what happened. Look, normally every manager. There's all you always hear managers complaining about the fact that they've had to play too, you know, they're having to play too frequently, and they blame TV, and they always and, do blame the broadcaster. And loads of managers have done it over time, but this should be one of those occasions where, as it happens, the broadcaster has pushed back because Des Kelly has decided in that moment to make an argument about it and has exposed the hypocrisy of of Jurgen Klopp's position. I think. Well, I mean, it. Blaming the thing is, I think James Milner was. I, I think I from from what I since it's happened and listening to and reading things, I haven't heard many people who have sided, other than Liverpool fans, who have sided with Klopp. Most most people have been saying the clubs can't allow, can't take all this money off BT and then say. No, you can't be doing what you're doing. And I'm not. I'm but not then, say I'm not just because but, it, I'm not saying it because it's a Liverpool thing. I'm not. I'm. It's not me being biased against Liverpool and going it because Liverpool. I agree with all of Klopp's points. It's got. I just think he's he's starting a fight with the wrong people, and he should be starting but, a fight with other but, people. But, and then and then his message, and then some change would actually happen. But then, but then. If he would have come out, if he would have come out and said the Premier League have been stupid and not thought about and, this, and do you think he's going to do that? What manager would? What manager goes and speaks to the Premier League? It's the there's a there's a there's a channel and there's a line with businesses like this, and it's not Klopp's position to go and speak to the Premier League. He's got enough on his plate by running a team. That's what they've got executives for, and I have no doubt that. I, so don't start a fight with the broadcasters then either. But there, but there, but he's the one he's speaking to, and he's the one that he's got, he's got a problem with BT about. Yeah, but then he just creates an anti-Liverpool well, agenda, well, doesn't he? The clock doesn't care about that. He cares about getting his point across. Yeah, but I don't think... This is what I'm saying. I don't think he's done it very well. I, in, in most people's eyes, he's not, he's not achieved anything. He's not done anything very well. I don't think... He, I think he's just muddied the waters by blaming the broadcaster. Yeah, but he was... I think that's, that's, I think that's the point talking. of it all. He hasn't, he hasn't gone about it the well, right way. What way should he go about it? Just not say anything. What's the way to go about it? No, he can he can he can say, or it's, it's, he can talk about tough schedules and how the impact of playing Wednesday Saturday is is tough, and it. But just to act, he, he actively went out there and blamed BT. There's many other ways of saying it, isn't there? There's many ways of saying. He could have said, "Oh, it's it's, it's a tough, it's a tight turnaround, isn't it?" From Wednesday night, but then, but, but, but Saturday but, dinner time, and and the, and the lads haven't got the same amount of recovery time, and it. They don't, and it obviously encourages injuries. But he, Des Kelly said, "How's James Milner's injuries at hamstring? Congratulations." That that that's that's actively going after them. He could have answered it in a different way. But he didn't. 
I mean, Klopp can get things wrong. I'm not wrong saying that he can't. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> saying that he can't get things wrong, but everybody else has made concessions this year with the exception of the Premier League. Klopp's not happy about that. And the, the, the exception of taking money off the broadcasters. But didn't, we, didn't, the, didn't the clubs have to give a rebate back to the, club, to the league last year? When we didn't play, when we didn't, when we didn't play, and then haven't BT so BT uh, BT's package this year was for one for one slot twelve thirty, and they, and they showed the game straight after, so they got the they they didn't pay any money for that game last this year, but they still but they still take that they'll still take that, so the Premier League have still given BT and they got two games the week before that, so BT paid all that money for one slot, and yet they got two games last week this week they got three games the week before they got two games they got two games yeah, of course well, they hang on a minute well let them. So there's been concessions there for BT to go. Well, actually, we'll, we want. Another game. Yeah. No, that's that's no, that's that's no, because that's that's like saying you walk into a shop and just buy one get one three. You're not going to take the second free. You're no, not going to take the second option because BT you're not paying is, for it. You said you've just said to me that BT made all this money that the the Premier League clubs are. are, are it's, it's hypocrisy. Yeah, for that lucrative for the lucrative twelve thirty slot. Not for the three o'clock slot. They want the twelve thirty slot that gets the Asian market, like you because said. Because that's on. But that's the right, one. Where, that's, that's the money that, maker. That's, that's the money maker. That's, that's prime time viewing. So you're not going to tell me that you want to stay up for another two hours afterwards to watch the next game as well. I will. The people in the, in Asia might not. So that's BT, the point, isn't BT it? Has Sky not paid any extra money for these extra games? I don't think. I don't think so. No. So why didn't why didn't the FA give why didn't the Premier League give them to free to air broadcasters? Because well, I don't know. They must have paid something. Oh, unless they it was because they paid anything. They, well, why why did they introduce a pay per view then if they were going to give them to the if they were going to give them out to the broadcasters? The broadcasters were going to pay money. The beat. I don't think the team, the Premier League has generated no extra money from this whatsoever. The Premier League have decided to put them on because fans can't see the game. So that's it. And they're, so they're the broadcasters who've got contracts with, so they've given them they've given them whatever they they've given them the extra games. And Sky have obviously got a lot more games, and BBC have got some, and I know I, know, I think Amazon Prime have got some this, this week. But BT have got more football 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 out of this this year than anything else. So if they want to carry on being, I don't know. I, I just think that for me, what's the harm in being? And it's not just the Liverpool stuff. It's the United. It's the United. It's the Chelsea or whatever. Then I don't understand why we just couldn't have made a concession this this year. I, I just I... no, but I, if if who what game would you put on? Are you saying that on on the twelve thirty kickoff? No, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm, only I'm not. Matches. I'm not saying. What I'm saying to you is that if um, that if BT have got that slot and that's the most lucrative slot, that's fine. But then uh, from the, from the position of well, actually, from a Premier League point of view, from a safety point of view, then if a team's playing. I don't know Wednesday night or whatever. Then in in Europe that they can't play. Then I don't know the, the twelve thirty game on the Saturday. I know they won't do that because people will say, "Well, we paid all this money for this slot." But that's the bit. No, no, but I'm I'm saying I'm saying there's, there's not many games left. Are you going to so two two English times will always play on a Wednesday in the Champions League. Another two will then play on a Thursday in Europa League, won't they? Yeah. Is that right? Is it, yeah, is the two English teams in Europa League and more? Uh... Yeah. So Wolves, Wolves, Arsenal—they no, in the Europa League. Well. The only English... Yeah. So it's three. Yeah. So three English teams play on Thursday in the Europa League. Two will play on a Wednesday in the Champions League. Yeah, that's but, yeah, but regard them. Four teams are then playing four other teams. There's eight teams took out the mix straight away. 
Yes, well, yes, that's five. So that's, yes, yeah, so un- unless they're playing each other, that means that ten, ten of the teams are then therefore out. You know, that means that's five of the games that you can't choose for that twelve thirty kickoff. So there's only five games left, so it is going to always end up being West Brom Burnley, isn't it? If West Brom and Burnley are playing each other that weekend. Look, I, 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 I get everything you're you can, saying. You can, I get, you can I, see this year that we everybody's made concessions with the exception of the Premier League. So there's not five subs. So actually this conversation might completely go away if there's five subs. It might not even be an issue because actually the Premier League has responded. But it's also a conversation to go, well, the broadcasters going, well, actually, this is the product we've got. But actually, if... I get it. If no, you can, not, where the, the broadcast had nothing to do with the five subs things. That was, that was the clubs deciding themselves. Yeah, no, but that's, well, that's what I'm saying. But from a Premier League point of view, from a product, that if all of a sudden everybody gets injured for the second half of the season, you might be watching, you're watching the under-23s, then... Actually, the people and it's you'll you'll always get the loyal people. I'll always watch Liverpool regardless of what team they put out. But it's not necessarily the Liverpool piece. It's the it's the neutral piece that I've got BT that was normally watching anyway. Is that why would they? Why would why would anybody watch Liverpool under twenty threes play because they've got so many injuries? So why would we watch that play if United have got loads of injuries or Chelsea have got loads of injuries? Why would anybody want to watch that game? What, what would be the point if all the if all the big? I suppose I suppose ultimately I would then put the blame on that on the Premier League for poorly managing their product. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the thing is, can I just say, before we started this whole discussion slash argument, I generally thought, because obviously we've been having this discussion during the week, I thought, oh, actually, when we come to record the <laughs> podcast and we actually talk about it, geez, you'll, we'll talk you round in terms of what's going on. I, I, can, I, can, completely, I can completely see like, where... Everybody that, not necessarily anti-Klopp, but the, the people that feel that Klopp's gone about this the wrong way. But the man's got a degree in sports science. He's not daft. He knows what he's thinking about. He knows what the recovery, what how much recovery time those players. Yeah, no, but yeah, no, we're not, we're not disagreeing with that. We're just but saying his argument is but with he's the wrong not, but The thing is that he's talking to the broadcasters. He believes that the broadcasters need to get together, need to get together to think about it. That's his view on. That's his view on. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. That, no, 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 that's what. Yeah, that's what we're saying. We disagree. But, yeah, we're saying he doesn't. The broadcasters don't need to do anything. They're going to do whatever is available. They're allowed to do. They're, they're a capitalist profit-making no, thing. They're I, always going to do. I, I get that. Themselves. I understand that bit. But there's a, but there's a bit that there's the bit from the Premier League that comes about this season not being unfair. But Klopp is not going to look down the camera while he's talking to a, a reporter from BT who Klopp who yeah, Klopp believes that there's, there's there is an issue with the broadcasters in general. And he's spoken to not just BT but but anybody else. And it was BT that he was speaking to at the time. He's not going to just stop talking to the BT person, look down the camera, and talk to the Premier League. That's not what he's going to do. That. Yeah. So don't. Yeah, so don't just just don't but, say anything then. Just don't say it about then, the broadcasters. But then Klopp goes because, on. What, what do you want Klopp to say? So he just comes on and just has one word answers and walks off. What? Oh, I don't understand what you want him to say. And I also think I also think nothing. It, I, I mean, it, it, the, the thing is, it, in the interview, it wasn't a thing until Klopp made it a thing. Was it? It's not like Des Kelly went up and went, "Oh, this." I mean, what do you think about BT putting you on? No, he, no, but he wouldn't have said that. But then he talked about the. He talked about the. No, but that's Klopp. what I'm saying. So Klopp, Klopp brought it up, and but, then it's backfired because no one's there backing Klopp. But then that was that. That was an interview doing his job very, very well. He made the point about the injury, knowing that what, knowing that the conversation that they, I think they'd had in. The- no, 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 no! Come on, cheese. No, 
after every game, someone gets injured, the question's always asked, how is that injury? I'm not saying it, I'm not saying it wasn't, but Klopp was obviously annoyed that the, the, it was a it was a muscle. It was it would have been different if it had broke a leg well, or could, whatever or whatever. But you could tell he was annoyed. Yeah, yeah you could I tell also, he was annoyed. But I'm and saying I think that, he's more annoyed as well because I think when the fixtures were released on Thursday, and I, you can check this, I'm not sure. We play Fulham, I think, on December the sixth. It's another game that we play on a Wednesday and a Saturday morning. So not only and with everything that's going on, BT have picked Liverpool to play again against Fulham on a, on a Saturday morning. I think that was that's probably. I've got to be honest. I I hope so. I mean, no, I, don't no, no. Wish, I don't always feel ill of anyone, but I hope Liverpool pick up an injury and Des Kelly does the first match interview on that Saturday. <laughs> so I think that's <laughs> just a minor a minor muscle injury picked up by a, a Liverpool player on that Saturday, next Saturday, 12.30. Your oh. next Saturday, 12.30 <laughs> is the 19th of December. Oh, it might not be then. I thought, I thought it Other than that, you've got, you've got an eight o'clock kickoff on a Wednesday against Tottenham. You've got uh, a half four kickoff on a Sunday against Fulham. Then you've got a, thought, a quarter past seven kickoff on the Sunday against Wolves. I mean, is he going to moan that it's quarter past seven on a Sunday and then you play in again in the Champions League on a Wednesday? It's that BT's fault again. Like this is this is the inconsistency. But it's not. He's, he was talking One to BT comes. and then he was talking to BT about it and he was talking to Sky about it. There is no. He just he's upset with the broadcasters of the Premier League. He wants to talk to the broadcasters about it. I don't know what else you want him to do. He's angry about something. What would you want him to say? Solskjaer was angry about this two weeks ago, but he's. He, no one cares because United. <laughs> Solskjaer, Solskjaer, no one cares. The thing is, so do you think, right, forget whether, so I accept you're saying Klopp's angry about it and he thinks it's the broadcaster's fault, right? Do you think Klopp was right? With with what? The, the, but you, the, just, you to, just said to me the, you agree, you you agree th- with me. Right, no, 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 right, for, for, right forget, forget, forget about what Klopp's doing, forget that. Klopp's doing this, and he thinks that was right. Do you think Klopp was right to go after the broadcasters? In what? I don't understand what you mean. In what? Do you mean like the Des Kelly interview? No, so we, so me and, me and Simon are saying very definitely, Klopp's argument with the block is arguing with the wrong people. Yeah, it's not the broadcasters' fault. Are you saying it is the broadcasters' fault, or are you just saying Klopp going after the broadcasters was right? He's upset with BT because they picked that fixture. Yeah, no, I know yeah, he is. I know you, you're saying upset? that, but I'm saying, are you upset with BT? What to the? Um, I, 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 no, not really. Well, I don't. I, I don't know. If I'm being honest, I might. That's what I'm saying because we've been we've been talking about this for about twenty twenty five minutes now, and I think I don't know if I've just realised this. Whether you're just defending Klopp. For and that's how I, he's angry I, and he's I, going to the broadcasters, or whether you're actually angry with the broadcasters. I accept, too. I accept the contract situation. BT paid all this money for that slot. I get that. I understand that bit. I've no issues with that at all. Outside of out, outside of um, the window of, of of this season, last season, this season, nobody cared about it. Yeah, nobody really cared. I don't think anybody even mentioned it last season. I don't think Klopp mentioned it last season. But this season's a different season. Yeah, no, but are you angry about it? Because, like I say, I'm not, and I think the broadcasters do within their right to do it. I'm Simon's not, not, and he thinks the broadcasters within their right to do it. I'm, are you I'm angry? Fine that you two make the point that I'm, look, the broadcaster paid that money. That I don't think that I think that Klopp's angry with the broadcasters because they've picked that time slot. 
I'm not particularly angry enough to speak to the broadcasters. I'm not going to cancel my BT subscription because of it. Well, of course you're not, because you want to watch Liverpool <laughs> at 12.30 on a Saturday. But I've not, I, what I'm saying to you two is, I've not, the whole contract thing, I've no issues with that. BT can pick whatever they want. BT have paid for that slot and they can pick whoever they want to pick. But ultimately, Klopp's got an issue with the broadcasters because they picked it. And they've not, and the the scheduling for the season is not is not yeah, ideal. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would, yeah. I, we think Klopp should have an issue with the Premier League. Someone else because they, they've sold it. But I'm not. So are you I'm, saying? Are I'm you not saying, saying that he doesn't. But what Premier League manager will go on telly and, and he, Klopp mentioned about the Premier League? He said that everybody needs to get around the table and sort it out. So Klopp mentioned the Premier League, but he was talking to the guy from BT. So he mentioned BT when he was talking to the guy from Sky. He mentioned the guy from Sky. He, yeah, but uh, do, you, do, you, do you think that's a mistake or he was right? He's angry. To do that? What, I don't understand what you want him to If he's angry about a situation, he. Yeah, but when you're angry, you can make mistakes. I'm not saying that you can't, but when you're angry about a situation and, and the person in front of you is a part of the, one of the organisations you're I'd... upset with, then I don't understand why it would be. It was surely it would be daft of him to not say anything and just say, oh, it, we lost, that's it. I. I generally don't know now if you just have that much love for Jurgen Klopp, you can't bring yourself <laughs> to agree with me and Simon. I don't, dis- I don't, I don't understand. I don't disagree with you and Simon. But if you if you were angry with, if you were angry with somebody about something, then why why would you say why don't you say something? Why would you? Do- no, I I I, I get so you, all well, you of don't that. then. But was he was he right or wrong to do it? Is it a right or wrong situation? I don't really understand what you mean. If it's a right or wrong situation, if you're angry with somebody and you want to say something, then you say it. If that's the personality that he's got, he'll say it. It would have been. I don't. There is not. It's not really a right or wrong situation about it. Different managers do things in different ways. I don't. I don't really understand. If he was, if he, well, I just think. I just think it was wrong to go. I just think he was wrong to do it. I just think he was wrong to go after the broadcasters. I think he's he's wrong because he's muddied the waters in terms of who the arguments were. For. But I don't, I don't, I don't, and he he's, he set people against BT when it's not really it's, BT's he fault. He keep mentioning BT. Anything. He mentioned he talked to Sky. He talked. He mentioned it about Sky when he think when he had the, when he. But it's not Sky's fault either. Sky are just the, the two competing broadcasters. So if they're not going to care if. Liverpool are on. If if Liverpool were on BT Saturday twelve thirty, and then Sky had the opportunity to put Liverpool on at twelve o'clock on Sunday, them two broadcasters aren't going to care. It's not. It's not about that. They're just going to go. Well, are we going to get people to watch but, our TV But what, show? But what yeah. he's saying right. is that he, he he accepts that BT have paid this money. They put the football on the telly. Accepts that Sky have paid all this money. But ultimately, the FA the FA and they all need to sit down because he doesn't think that the timing of the games there's enough time in between the games. That was what he said, and he said that. Last he said that last year when we didn't have a, a a break, the not last season when we did have a break, the season before that when we didn't have we didn't have a winter break. He's always talked about there's not there not being enough time this season more than most because we've got a much more condensed system. So, I, but he's never blamed the broadcasters before. He, but he, he mentioned the broadcasters the other day. He talked about the twelve thirty game I think two weeks ago. He then talked. No, I know, but last season when he, last season when he's moaning about no winter break, he won't blame the broadcasters for putting the games on telly at such a condensed because a lot of games are on at Christmas. But yeah, but that wasn't uh, that. Well, the broadcasters put the games. The, the whether before BT and Sky, the football was on the telly anyway. I didn't. That, I don't understand. That doesn't make any difference. What he's saying is that the, the schedule for the Christmas should have really changed. The, the FA looked at it and went. Actually, the Premier League have looked at it and gone. Actually, we might need a winter break because all because. Um, all these injuries, and we might need to get England to, to a, a decent enough final. So what they've decided is, rather than have a two-week winter break and there's no football, that two teams will play, ten teams will play on one weekend, ten teams will play on another weekend, and each team gets a winter break. 
So the FA have gone back and have changed that and that's all changed. But ultimately, last year when there was probably five games on the telly, all then five games are then on the telly that weekend and all five games are on the telly the weekend after that. So the so the broadcasters is not that that's not that's not changed. That doesn't that doesn't make any difference. But actually we've got a winter break about it. So actually when we sit down and dis- discuss that actually player welfare, because this year we'd have gone actually well we could have done with a two week break, but we can't have a two week break this year because we need to cram all the football in. So it was all right last year for us to have a winter break when actually the, the season was an extra month long. But this year, because there is no winter break, because the season's a month shorter, because we need to get all the games in, we're not gonna have a winter break. So we're about to go, we're about to yeah, go into play. So we're about to go into play eight games in forty days. I think it is for most most teams. Yeah, but then the Premier League. I, I mean, we're going to go around circles, aren't we? But the Premier League could have then extended the season by two weeks or two months, and not had the condensed fixture schedule they've got. Well, they've. But Liverpool don't decide what the Premier League does. Liverpool can say, "Well, I don't, I don't." Liverpool can say, "Well, that's not right." No, I know they don't. And neither, neither did BT. I feel like we're just going to go around. No, I get. I, look, I understand. I get what you two are saying. I, I understand what you two are saying. What Klopp's saying is that they need to have a, they need to have a discussion about it. If you two don't feel like they need to have a discussion about it, then that's up to you. But Klopp feels like that's what needs to happen. He's talking to somebody from BT. Clearly, the BT, the, clearly the yeah, BT no, executives we... will be watching it. I, whether you think BT needs to sit around the table or not, or, or that's not what they signed the contract for. That's absolutely fine. But what he's saying. Yeah, but no, 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 I don't disagree that they need to sit around the table and say it. But what I'm saying is, BT aren't going to initiate that conversation. It's not going to be, BT aren't going to be the ones that go, oh, you know what, actually, we need to talk to the I'm not saying that they are. I'm not saying that they are. So that's what I'm saying. So so saying to BT that, he's not going to get BT to do it. Saying to the Premier League, you're going to have to, if you say to the Premier League, look, the way things are going, you're going to have everyone injured. It's going to damage the brand. It's going to damage the reputation. And people are going to turn off from the Premier League. Boom. The Premier League are suddenly going to listen because all they care about is money at the end of the day. So, Cheesy, BT. If, they did, um, if they did sit around the table, as, as Klopp is, is imploring them to do, what do, do you think the Premier League should say, oh, we'll give you some money back? Or do you think, do you think BT should unilaterally say, all right, we just won't pick... I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, the point that you two made before about look, the, the might, you might only end up with four games that BT can pick for. That's that's not what BT signed up for. That's 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 an issue. I'm not saying that um, that BT can't pick to, that can't have the twelve thirty slot or whatever. I don't openly. I don't know what I don't know what the, I don't know what the answer is. I, I genuinely don't know what the answer is. But keep asking teams to play Wednesday night, Saturday morning. I don't know what in this season. I don't know whether that's the case, and it's, it's probably not. Well, yeah, but you, you, say, you say you don't know what the answer is, but I mean, there are only really two options, aren't they? Either you allow BT to choose whatever game they want at twelve. You, well, you allow whoever owns that twelve thirty slot to pick whatever game they want to pick, or you accept that that twelve thirty slot is less lucrative to broadcasters, and therefore you'll get less money in. If you if you're going to put sort of. Um, Caveats on that slot. Yeah, but, say, that, you know, but you, you, know, you can. That's, you can... I mean, they're, they're the only two options. Right? Well, not necessarily. No, or, you scrap the slot you... Or, or you scrap the slot altogether. Well, not necessarily. No, you, you, not necessarily that you have to scrap it altogether. I'm just saying that a team that plays on a Wednesday night or a team that plays on a Thursday night doesn't play the other game on yeah. earth. That's it. And just... yeah, yeah, yeah. So but that's that's, yeah. that's the point. Then then that that's, rules that's out a big number of the club. Yeah. 
that that's that's the top six clubs that are probably well, the no, top six brings in an audience ruled out each week. So then you then you're looking at lower teams that then BT have paid a lot of money for to put whoever they want in that aren't going to bring in the same audience. So then the deal that BT signed up for and paid the money for is not then. I think, not I, I think I think I actually agree with you, Chizzy. I, I think that the Premier League should take the hit financially and have more caveats over what that twelve thirty get. They, it, I, the I'm Premier, not the necessarily against the Premier League. They don't have but, to take the hit financially. They've just given BT another game each week. They've given BT another two games each week. I don't understand why that wasn't a part of the conversation. Oh, so, all right. Well, I mean, if you, I, I, I just cannot foresee a situation. But BT out of charity, I just don't see how. They're just going to voluntarily. Give no, I don't. Money. I don't. I don't necessarily think they are. But what I'm saying to you is that you're saying that the Premier League will have to give them money. But BT didn't. Have BT paid any money for this extra game slot that they're getting straight after the the twelve thirty slot anyway? Well, I I don't think it matters. Well, I, 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 I really I, just I, don't well, think it then there has to be some sort of situation to go well. For I don't I don't know that might be the part of the situation to go well actually to to protect the product this season we don't we don't want teams we don't want teams playing. I don't know. We don't want teams playing in, in that played in Europe playing in there for this season because of obviously it, it's the, it's it's an issue, and we feel like it's an issue. yeah. Not well, the, the, the yeah, so it's, so it's less valuable. So you're gonna have to give them a refund, aren't you? But then you're giving them. But then you're giving them an extra. Two, but then you. But they've only paid for that slot. But then they're, pay, they're showing three games a week. Well, yeah, it was, it was probably naive. It was probably naive of them to give that slot away. It, it say they're not getting the Premier League aren't getting any, any extra money for these extra games they've given away. That was naive on their part, wasn't it? But once you've done it, you've oh, done I'm not, it. I'm, but I'm not. I'm not saying it's not. But if Klopp's got an issue with it, then that's the that, sure that's the issue with it. Then he should take over the Premier League for making such a poor, <sighs> poor uh, negotiation. Yeah, we're just going to go around. We're just going to go around in circles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we haven't agreed after an hour and a half. We never will, will we? <laughs> I just, I think, I just I, think I, from a point of view that if he was upset with somebody, then why would then if he was upset with BT and he's, and he's speaking to from BT, then why then he said that he was upset with, B, with, with BT? Whether you two think that he should have spoken to him or not, then I don't know. But I, he was angry no, with BT. No, right. Last, last, I accept that you think Klopp was right because he was angry to then have a go at the broadcasters. What I'm saying, are you angry at the broadcasters? Yes or no? You mean do I follow the same logic that, that Klopp follows? Well, I don't know. Yes. What, I don't know what. I, I, I'm not really. It doesn't really bother me each way. Each way, or it doesn't. I don't really. I don't really. I'm not like. Yeah, I work with these players all the time. They're they're all getting injured. Some of the muscle injuries will just be muscle injuries. Will just be getting that. I don't. I, that's 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 the that's what that's what happens. Players get muscle injuries. I don't necessarily think that Klopp should have said congratulations when he was talking to Des Kelly because then he was being a bit condescending about the, the whole situation. But that's what, what he was. That's no, I, what I, he was like. That's, that's that's our whole point. That's that's mine and Simon's whole point. It's that we're not we're not we're not disagreeing with Klopp saying that player welfare needs to be looked after. That, that we totally agree with that. Otherwise, we, you'd be saying why did Raul Jimenez carry on playing? On Sunday, if you didn't care about player welfare, uh, we're just we're just all we're saying is his his points were valid. It was just put to the wrong. But he is not not he. But his job is not to go and speak to the Premier League. That is the people that are above him. And until you until you get some sort of live feed or no, but he, he wasn't. 
he wasn't speaking directly to the owners of BT. Des isn't going back and reporting all this no, but, <laughs> to the but CEO of BT. But he was talking. He was talking on. He was talking on the channel with BT. That's that's his link to BT. That's what it could have been anybody from BT. It could have been Jake Humphrey. Whatever he would have spoken to. He would have spoken to but, BT about that. And Sky. Sh- but you know what BT. You know what BT thought about the interview was. This is absolutely yeah, probably. Gold. It, but it, yeah, what, this is going to put our about. TV ratings for it. People, people are going to stay watching even longer now. Next time we we pick Liverpool, because Klopp might have another run. That's all they're thinking. Yeah, he hasn't. He hasn't. He hasn't put them off picking Liverpool. I'm not. He, he probably, he probably, he probably, he probably hasn't. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that he has. But he was he was upset at the time. He was probably a little bit of a, a upset, a upset, upset about what happened in the match, and he, he chose that time to speak to somebody who, who he wanted to speak to about it because the black person worked for BT. He was just upset with the situation. He was also upset with the situation because BT was the team was the, obviously the channel at the time that picked for that match to happen after they played on Wednesday night. That's what he's upset with, and that's a, and BT, BT was the team that he wanted to speak to. Well, why is he not annoyed then with UEFA that they didn't put him? They didn't put well. The BT didn't pick him for the five o'clock get this, the other kickoff on a Champions League night. BT have only got that slot, haven't they? They haven't got any other slots. No, they have any other kickoff, don't they? It's record. This is a six o'clock game, isn't it, in the Champions League? So that that would have been a, that would have been a solve. So why 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 is it BT's fault that they picked them for the twelve thirty, but they've not picked them for the five, six o'clock on the Champions League night? Then that then that gains you the extra time. Because then it would have been the, the same. Champions League games time. decided when the draws made. What the timings, the broadcast timings are decided when. Well, the no, the times the times that they kick off are normally when. No, no, no. But you're, Tuesday, you're always the have Tuesday, to... Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday is decided. Yeah, no, but but on a, on a Tuesday and Wednesday, there's always an early kickoff in the Champions League. Now there's always there a six o'clock one because United. But there isn't a U, but there isn't a UAE. Well, it's the same with he probably is upset with UEFA, but there isn't a UAE. You don't speak to the person from UEFA. You speak. To BT. No, so, but then but then who cho- who chooses who kicks off at six o'clock? Is that no, BT? No, because that... all the games kick off at once anyway, and they're on different channels. I don't know who decides what games kick off at six. No, no, no they don't all kick off at once. It can't be a coincidence that there's always two team, two English teams on Tuesday, two English teams on Wednesday. One of them very handily always gets the six o'clock, and one of them gets the eight o'clock. I mean, that that must happen because BT paid for it. Well, BT put the games on different channels. I don't think uh, does that does that happen every. I don't think that happens every week, does it? I'm, I'm, no, it doesn't. No, it? you do always get. Two, I mean, do you not? Do you not always get two English teams on a Tuesday, two on a Wednesday? Yeah, but they don't. They don't. Always I mean, it happens. Six and eight. If you if you're a, if you're a, if you, oh, don't leave. That's awesome, if you're a Chelsea fan, you watch the Chelsea game. You were talking. I don't. It doesn't always. Some games get off at six, and I don't think that's to do with travel or country or location. I have no idea. But not all. Not all the games kick off. Not all the games kick off. All the English games kick off at six and eight. But yeah, I mean, Liverpool could have kicked off at six o'clock. In in, I don't. I've no. I've no, I've no idea. He's just upset. With, he just set upset with the broadcasters. The broadcasters part of part of the scheduling of what happens along with the Premier League. That's who he's upset with. That's what he's angry with, that and that's 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 it. And if he's angry about that, and he's, he knows more about play, player welfare and what the players can and can't do, and how hard the players work. That's if he's angry about it, he's angry about it. That's the bit that I don't get out. If the, if... I feel like I feel like we should move on. Well, we'll have to end. Like, this has to be a record length podcast. <laughs>
Uh, last thing, last thing, actually, because obviously, I've, I mean, I don't want to miss the boxing, but last thing I want to speak about um, football. I mean, Simon, you've been quite critical of Mikel Arteta. Fraud. Can you see him lasting until the end of the year? I, I feel like people are in love with him, so they just seem to forgive him all this. I, I, I just haven't got the Mikel Arteta thing at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he's in, under any pressure at all. And people still seem to seem to think whenever they lose, you know, it's part of the project. And whenever they win, he's a genius. But, you know, their form isn't any better than it has been. I know, I've got a feeling their form isn't any better than it was under Unai Emery. I mean, the, the 14th at the minute after 10 games, which 10 games is, you like, like we said earlier, the, it's quite the, a disease, isn't it? The table starting to take the table starting to take shape, isn't it? Of where you would expect teams to end up, and Arsenal being there's only Palace, Brighton, Fulham, West Brom, Burnley, and Sheffield United below them. Don't say great things about Arsenal, does it? Because it's supposed to be this genius. I mean, a lot of people are saying when Arsenal got him that he was the, he was the mastermind behind Pep, wasn't it? He was the guy that made that made City as opposed to Pep. He was the coach that put it all together. I think the one Incredible. thing, the one thing Arsenal struggled with, and they would never have. Well, I don't know they might have seen, but is the Aubameyang situation. I mean, the, I think in the first half against Wolves, he'd had six touches, and one of them was the kickoff. So you could never have imagined last season. I mean, could you imagine if United would have ended up signing him and he scored one goal in 10 games? Could have been Sanchez. Oh, yeah. Couldn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the thing is, with, the, I mean, the big thing is, the Ozil situation at Arsenal is incredible. The fact that Arsenal can't create a goal-scoring opportunity to save their lives, yet Ozil doesn't get a place in any single matchday squad. And I mean, he's not even, in, he's not even registered for the Premier League or the Champions League. No, but I don't, I don't think he fits. In, I don't think he fits into to the the system that he wants to play. I don't think he. I don't. I don't. never worked hard enough under Wenger. I don't think he's. That's going. That doesn't look like it's changed under Arteta. I don't think that's any. I don't think it's any different. He's just somebody who's sat on three hundred fifty thousand pounds a week, and I don't even think he trains with under twenty three. I just don't think he's in, in with the squad and for whatever reason. He's just not, not flavour of the month. And like I said, you make, you make, I, I just Arteta's made that decision to take him away from the, the squad and he, I mean he wasn't the only one I think Unai Emery had done it as well so that's what No I don't just say, I don't disagree but, like that obviously they but what I'm saying is it looks great if you're still scoring goals but when your star striker hasn't scored for nine games in open play and you've got arguably your most creative midfielder sat not well not even not even involved in the squad you've got to question that decision haven't you yeah, I think that's, that's all I'm saying. It's one of the th- one of the questions that we'll come back to, and probably what did for Emery in the end. And then I think I don't think Arsenal scored enough goals under Unai Emery. I mean, he won it. I mean, he, he won the FA Cup last year, and everybody seems to that was just he just seems to be completely forgotten about. And it, it's one of them things. It's whether they're going to stick with him. If they're going to stick with him, then that, that's it. They'll give him till the end of the season, and he might turn things around. But. Unfortunately, um, I, I do think they'll stick with it. I don't think he's under any pressure. Um, who, who, who the hell would they bring in to replace I'm just, him? I'm just, I'm just, yeah, I'm just getting but, early with my uh, we're calling him a fraud. The other thing, um, while we're on Arsenal, obviously the Raul Jimenez and David Luiz head crash, which happened at the weekend, was horrific. Raul Jimenez got left with a fractured skull. Um, David Luiz played on. 
What do you make of the concussion rules in the Premier League? I can't. Well, I, I'm personally, I'm very much pro them. Uh, I think a sort of temporary substitution while a, an independent doctor made an assessment would be a very sensible move, I think, for, for the Premier League. Do you not think this should have come in at the start of the season? Oh, yeah, it probably should have come in five years ago. Yeah, I mean, they're incredibly slow on this. A lot. Of, I think rugby have been doing it for a long time. Um, uh, but, you know, all you can do is sort of change the situation now. But, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I think they've been very slow on it. I think the other way, the other way, easy way of doing it, if you have someone that has to go off for a, a concussion, I think a dead simple way of doing it is just you can make the sub, but that doesn't count in yeah. your tally of your quarter of three subs. So you can still make three tactical subs, but the concussion one isn't a isn't an account as an actual sub. And then it doesn't take anything away from tactically what would have gone on. It just gives you that extra... I mean, in like muscle injuries and blah, 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 yeah, that's different. But a clash of heads or some... that That's that's usually a, a freak thing that happens. I, I don't think it's even that hard to implement, is it? It just makes you question... I mean, it goes back to play welfare, which we were saying about Cheezer. Why have they not done it earlier? Why have the Premier League not brought this in earlier? Or the FA or whoever makes up the rules in football. I'm trying to think about when but yeah. I'm trying to think when did it last happen? When when was the last quite bad clash of heads? I mean there's not been one for a while, but I mean I, I have I mean I didn't even know that I did I didn't watch the game last night, but I'm how David Louise managed to play another ten minutes or however many minutes he played to come back on the pitch after the what had happened was when one guy fractured his or broke his skull or fractured his skull or whatever happened against the other guy's head then I, I still to this day I can't believe that he can't believe that he, he played on i tell you what gets me the most is, like, um, obviously, the, the, the picture of Terry Butcher yeah. in the England shirt with he strapped up with blood pouring down his head. That's a, that's, that picture's famed and lauded for what a hero Terry Butcher is, isn't it? And then, fast forward 20 years, and we've got David Louise, who's in a similar situation. He's got his head bandaged up and then blood pouring from it. And we're questioning it, but... So it's, it, it, that, the thing is, it's not a new thing going on in football. Terry Butcher probably had a concussion when he did that, didn't he? Yeah. But he played on them. But the, and the, 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 whole, the, the knowledge of, of what the, the long-term impact is, is better, isn't it? You know, as a society, we've, it, sort of science has moved on and we actually know that these things are quite damaging. Yeah, no, no I, I, I don't disagree with that. In terms of, but then at the same time, concussion's not a new thing, is it? It's not something we just found out about in the last five years. Concussion's been <laughs> been around for however long. Terry Butcher probably had concussion, but he carried on. It's just things like this that you know concussions are very dangerous, and that that wasn't new thirty years, twenty, thirty years ago. But it just makes how how far we've come in terms of knowing the dangers of it. But then you think the time span between the two pitches in terms of the two and the two defenders actually looking like that. And we've not actually done that much to actually affect change in terms of player welfare either, have we? I say we as if we've got some kind of decision <laughs> to make that. But um, ha- like football, in terms of football, football would be all the better if we did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, got... Simon Daniel Dubois fought at the weekend. Yeah, he fought uh, Daniel Dubois. He's sort of been very highly touted by Frank Warren since he turned pro. Uh, he's been sort of always on the undercard of Frank Warren shows, sort of knocking out whoever they've dragged out of a pub. Um, and but then who weekend? What, what you say, sorry? Who did you? Who were you backing? I thought. Uh, so I, he, this weekend he fought Joe Joyce, who was Olympic silver medalist four years ago. 
I thought Dubois was going to knock him out. I thought Joe Joyce has a tendency to just sort of his, his big thing is that he just carries on forever. Uh, but he does have a tendency to sort of stand there and get hit and just just want to trade and like he'll just carry on throwing his his jabs and and try and hit him, but will just take a take a shot. And I thought that Dubois would have too much power. And if you just stand there in the way Joe Joyce does, then Dubois would knock him over. As it happens, if boxing's all about levels, and it doesn't matter how powerful you are, it doesn't matter how explosive, it happened to Joshua, it, happened to, it even happened to Mike Tyson back in the day. At, at some point when these exciting heavyweight boxers come through, they're knocking everyone out, you reach a level where you do throw your best punch and the, person, the other person carries on standing there and you have to work out what you're going to do next. And Joshua, you, and, and uh, you, sorry, yeah, you go. Do you feel Dubois actually threw his best punch during that fight? I think he threw a few. I think he landed a few quite big punches. And yeah, but you think, uh, to me, watching it, I because I pre, I so I'd seen a, a bit of Dubois, but I'd never really seen Joyce. So I was quite oh well, Joyce is uh, Dubois going to knock him out. Whereas I watched um, Claire's. Dad had seen quite a bit of Joyce and not a lot of Dubois, so he was he was saying, "Oh no, Joyce is going to win this." And I said, "What's that based?" And he just, said, "I don't know. I don't know what Dubois like." And I said, "Well, I don't know what Joyce is like." So it's more kind of we watched we watched people more and we were just backing the people we watched more. But I didn't. I it's only when I saw they brought the tail of the tape before I, I didn't realize Joyce had such a uh, a similar knockout rate. To I didn't realize I didn't realize Dubois. Joyce was thirty five. Yeah. yeah, no, I thought they were quite young up and comings. The other thing that got me was, um, to me, Dubois didn't look as. I would say, I would say like when you talk about levels, Joshua always look. Joshua and always the the big top tier ones, even when they come up against it, someone's a bit bad. You, you've always thought they're a bit dangerous in terms of they're going to do something. Whereas I never thought, I never felt like that with Dubois. I mean, set, round two, he kind of came out a bit, but then after that. I always felt like he was holding back. A yeah, he was a bit shell shot by the whole thing, wasn't he? I mean, I think he's, I mean, he's so young that you know maybe he'll come again in four years. You know, he's young enough that he can have this. He can you know take a year to get better, rebuild, and you know and come again in a few years' time. But yeah, it was a big setback for him, and, and that eye looked terrible. Yeah, I it? remember. I remember. What did you think? What did you think on the night when you saw him second knee? Obviously, not knowing everything you know now about his well, fractured his eye socket, he's got nerve damage. What did you make of it? Well, because I'm a complete wimp, I would never call anyone. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I think in the moment you landed anything on my eye, it started swelling up. <laughs> I'd say no, I'm not going out to face him again. <laughs> does, that, does that punch bag not fight back? <laughs> no, exactly. The punch bag. Doesn't, the beauty of the punch bag is it doesn't throw a bomb back. <laughs> <laughs> but all the pros were like laying into him a bit. I think Carl uh, Frampton after the fight was was calling him, uh, saying he was a quitter, and Matthew Macklin on Twitter was was laying into him. What do you think, Cheesy? I was just saying before when you were going back to saying before about him being um, petrified. The the um, Sky do that with Johnny Nelson where they sit him down like chairs back back to back, and then they end up they're talking over a table. The, BT did something like that, and Frank Warren was sat next to um, Dubois, I think, and he and he just he never he never said anything. Frank Warren did all his talking for him. He never he never really piped up too much, and when he did say anything, he was it was all very muted, and it was, it was just like he just did not he just didn't feel comfortable doing that, and did not want to be in that situation, and that that per, from 
I think Dubois kind of like that anyway, isn't he? He's never, he's never really been a big showman and one to set. Like his fights happen, and he's, it's kind of like his punches do the talking, his knockouts do the talking. He's never, you've never seen him give a great interview after, or he's really bigged himself uh, but, up. But what you were saying about um, Dubois before about like you've not heard like. Uh, um, Claire's dad had not really seen him that much. Just like that, his that personality mirrored what his almost almost his fighting style was. He just like he just was he just felt like he was holding back a little bit. He didn't he didn't feel comfortable at any point in that in that fight. And and, and granted, I missed from round three to round to, to probably to round ten. I fell asleep. Um, but it was just it was it just in like a really really odd. I, I I just thought he would just come out and and, and be and throw some serious punches. And he just I don't know. He just he just seemed he just seemed a little bit off. But yeah, I mean, the, the, I, any boxer that gets the when they're picking that close up, as soon if somebody was to, if I was to stand still, I was get hit with a punch, and then my eye just suddenly started to close without me wanting to actually close it. I, I, I'd be, I'd be very much with Simon. I'd be very much. I think I'd be taking the knee and getting the hell out of there. Do you yeah, think? Yeah. Do you think Simon? Uh, obviously, so the way the injury happened. I don't think Joyce landed that big a shot all night, was it? It seems to be his jab that got through all night long. Do you think that's a concern for Dubois moving forward? That he Oh, yeah, massively. I think he looks like he's quite successful. To, similar to Amir Khan. Amir Khan got hit. He was injured, wasn't he? And He always looked like he could go out. Do you think that's a concern for Dubois going forward? That maybe move it like he's, he might not be able to mix it with the big, the big, big time people because of his gets hit. He's, might get hit and then he's going to get hurt. Yeah, oh, massively. I think it's. I mean, it's, I, it's completely back to the drawing board for Dubois. I think he, he's going to have to. I think we'll see him on telly fighting nobodies again, but I think in training, whatever team he has around him, be very much working on what their plan, what they're going to do next time they're confronted by. And I think the next time he goes up against a half decent opponent, we'll see. He'll have a different system in place. He'll. He will have worked out a different way of, of of maybe trying to not get hit, and I don't know. I don't know what he'll do, but I think it was very. He's concerning. got. A... But excited for, excited for Joe Joyce, I guess. What you uh, Joe Joyce called out uh, Alexander Usyk at the end of the fight. Do you think Usyk would want that fight? Do you think it's of value to Usyk or not? So, so the thing is, somehow I'm not really sure how it happened. He's not really fought anyone, but Dubois had managed to get to a position where he's the, he was the number two rank in the WBO's uh, rankings. And so Joyce will be hoping that sometimes if you beat that guy, you just take their ranking. So the, the WBO have this, the WBO current world champion is Anthony Joshua at heavyweight. But they have this interesting thing, unlike the other sanctioning bodies, that if you're their world champion and you then move up a weight division, they instantly make you the mandatory challenger. Now, Usyk was the cruiserweight WBO world champion. He's obviously now gone up to heavyweight. And so he is mandatory. In theory, he's entitled to have a shot at Anthony Joshua. Now, Joshua's fighting Pulev. uh, uh, Two weeks. Yeah. And and Pulev, I think, is like the WBC mandatory. So assuming Joshua wins that, all the talk is that Joshua's going to fight Tyson Fury next year. Now, there was a chance that the WBO might say, no, you have to fight Usyk next April, like before the end of April. And Joshua might say, no, I'm fighting Tyson Fury. It's a massive fight. 
I've got three. I've got two other world championship belts. I'll vacate the WBO title. And I've already put it off for three years. Yeah, um, the money fight is against Tyson Fury. Everyone will know that that's for the legitimate unified heavyweight championship. So he might vacate. In which case, I've, I've given. A, I feel like I've given a very long story. It's quite. It is quite complicated. But basically, in, if that was to happen, the WBO may well. Say right, well, for our they may say Usyk versus Joyce is for the WBO World Championship, which would be Joyce's number. That that's what Joyce is most hoping will happen. So, so Joyce after this one fight with Tanya Dubois, which basically was to decide the next UK up and coming heavyweight, his next fight could then be for a world title. Yeah, well, that's, if he gets given this the, the number two ranking that that Dubois, which is. That's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it would be. <laughs> yeah, it would be a pretty incredible uh, turnaround for him. But there is a sort of reasonable chance it could happen. Well, that's right place, right time. Sometimes you just kind of you see yeah. you kind of get that thing. Sometimes things just kind of fall into your lap, don't they? And like I said, it was. Um, but Dubois must have known that before that he, fight, anyway. So that that regardless of what whatever happened in the, it almost makes you think. Well, this might happen if if I end up with it's like. You second, second well, I think, I think the talk, the talk in a way was that Dubois wasn't really pushing for this world title shot. I think he, and Dubois, Frank Warren and Dubois, to be the sort of knew it was too soon for him. I think they thought he was going to beat Joyce, but knew he wasn't really ready for Usyk. Whereas I think Joyce, you know, he's thirty-five. He's not really got. He can't just be hanging around. He's sort of in a bit of a. If he gets this chance, he's going to push for it and, and go for a world title shot, isn't he? And I suppose. I mean, what would you? What I mean, if you were going to put either of them two up against. Joshua and say, oh, they might, they may or may not have a chance. If Dubois not got the power to drop Joyce, then maybe, well, is, is Anthony Joshua got the power to beat Joyce? Is it, I mean, is he ever, he'll have never come up against somebody with that power before. But if you're saying that Joyce just yeah. stands there and takes it, I mean, how much could he stand there and take? Yeah, but I, I, this is, the, I don't, I don't think Dubois really engineered, I think he's, he had a flurry in round two where, but I don't know. I don't think he really put consistent pressure on Joyce to see what he's made of. Whereas I think, I think like a Wilder or a Joshua would would be able to go, maybe put two or three rounds of consistent pressure on someone. I mean, obviously that's just my opinion. It's very uneducated, but I, I just wasn't massive. I mean, I don't think any fighter came out particularly smelling of roses to be honest I don't think Josh um, Joe Joyce came out like with any real plaudits I think he just jabbed his way to the victory and I think Dubois came I mean I know he's fractured his eye socket but I think the fact that that happened from just being jabbed I don't think he came out with any plaudits I don't think it leaves any fighter's career in I mean I know you're saying Simon that the way things have worked out he could end up fighting for a title fight Joe Joyce but I don't think I don't. I think that's through more luck than actual ability. If you get what I mean. Yeah, I I agree. So, uh, Cheddar, like, after, did you watch it? Oh, actually, Simon, did you watch Tyson? No. Exactly. No, I mean, too late. Well, I'm expensive for me. Yeah. The yeah. I think yeah. This, that's what the thing I couldn't get nice. with because um, even with the. Uh, Dubois Joyce because I've, I've seen a bit of the Tyson highlights so even with the Dubois and Joyce you, there was people there was a smattering of people around I know it was only a small venue but you could tell there was people there and there was a little bit of 
you could pick up a bit of like crowd noise on the whatever, like twenty twenty crowd noise on the people were clapping and you could hear stuff going on. But didn't Tyson and Jones just fight almost fight in a black room with like black curtains around there? It felt like there was nobody, with the exception of four cameras in either corner and the ref and them two in the ring. I'd say I've heard more about Snoop Dogg's performance yeah. and Jake Paul's performance than Tyson's and Roy Jones Jr. So I think that says everything you need about it, really. I don't, I don't really get the point of it. But there was obviously never meant to be a winner, yeah. was there? If it was, if it was a draw and the draw wasn't announced in the ring, and they were told after the fight that it was a draw, then you kind of feel like that was uh, it. Might both have needed a a payday, and um, it doesn't look like they'll be picking it up again. I wouldn't have thought. Because a lot of people would have, a lot of people would have paid for that. Tyson Roy Jones, you would have paid for that fight. So many people would have paid for it just for Tyson fighting. But he'll have made a, he'll have made a pretty penny off that, no doubt. Well, yeah, I, I think, think they made talking ten million each, wasn't it? Yeah, that's yeah, what that's I heard. Incredible. Cheddar F one Roman Grosjean, tell us more. Well, funnily enough, this was the one Grand Prix that, I, that I've not watched, but I do know I do know what happened. So in uh, the Bahrain Grand Prix, so um, Grosjean, who um, I think had started uh, towards the back of the grid, um, had um, started the race um, and had come round, and I think it was either the second or third corner, and had caught, um, I think it was either his teammate or he caught another driver across the front and then almost kind of torpedoed towards the wall um, before they got to the high wall, there was another um, almost kind of makeshift um, metal barrier in the way. Uh, the car went straight through the barrier. Um, the car split in half, and obviously because it was on the first lap, it was full of full of fuel. Um, as the car split, Grosjean went with, I think, the first half of the car. Uh, car split in half. Uh, the All the um, fuel ignited. car was completely engulfed in, into flames. Um, and somehow Grosjean managed to managed to climb out, um, and only suffered, uh, I think, small burns to his um, to his hands and to, I think to his face or his hands and, and to his back. I'm not sure, um, and was in hospital. But how? I mean, the the scene from just the, him going off the car split in half was just was just amazing. And what we were talking about the protocols before with the, with the F, with the Premier League and, and concussion, the halo that was brought in um, a few years ago. Um, which obviously looks a bit strange on top of the on top of the car, but it, it, it kind of helped in crashes earlier on. And Grosjean has said that that saved his life. So um, if the if that hadn't have been there, then going through that um, going through that barrier might have just completely hit him in the face, and we might have been talking about um, another fatality in F1 rather than a, a, somebody who's in hospital with a few burns and um, to different parts of his body. So um, extremely scary. Uh, I think a lot of I think the safety car driver or the one of the um, en- um, one of the um, track um, engineers who got there who got there first would pretty much um, allowed him to get out and kind of got his bear- got his bearings for him and and and, he- and Grosjean got out. But yeah, it was um, well, I think with everything that's gone on this weekend uh, weekend in sport, it just shows you how much effort and um, how much they put their bodies on the line. Um, and we're very fortunate that Grosjean managed to get through. Very scary. Yeah, incredible pictures. I mean, it's weird that you see uh, something so dramatic in F1 these days. Yeah, I mean, it? It, does, it doesn't happen very often. I mean, even the even the big crashes look in the end look quite yeah. dramatic, well, they, don't they? You think Generally. that? I mean, so, sometimes you look at the track and you think, oh, but actually, so much so much planning goes into where 
Thanks for listening to the Three Thirds Mank, One Third Scouse podcast. Give it a like, give it a share, and let us know what you think on Twitter at Mank3. That's at M-A-N-C-T-H-R-E-E. And keep listening for more new podcasts every week.